For years upon years, I had to warn people away from the mustard bottle. Eventually, I grew tired of it. It was something I reflexively had to do, otherwise, well, you know. And then, inevitably, people would ask why, and I had to go over the big spiel explaining precisely why they shouldn't engage in such a horrendous crime as put a condiment on their sandwich. So, last year, I got the gumption to just go out and buy a new refrigerator. This one I taped up just to make sure nobody would bust into it. Inside, there was nothing but the mustard bottle. And now, of course, the fridge is gone. With the bottle. And I'm trying not to tear all my hair out. See, the thing is, fridges don't just wander away. Maybe a single condiment bottle would, but not the whole apparatus used to keep it fresh. Fridges are, according to popular belief, massive inanimate appliances that are, in effect, nothing more than tools to keep food cold, and thus slow down the growth of mold and bacteria in said food. I must admit that I, myself, subscribe to such a belief. So the fridge didn't grow legs and walk away. Nor is there reason to believe that the thing encased in the mustard bottle escaped, for it showed no sign of escaping before. And, and, a fridge is heavy. Very heavy relative to how expensive they are in the general market. If one was to say, rob a house, there would be a hundred things that it would behoove one to steal before a fridge. Wallets, for example. Tablets, computers, china. But a fridge? Well, there's only one real reason somebody would steal a fridge. The mustard bottle inside. I hope I'm being paranoid, but I know I'm not. That mustard bottle was very important is very important, hopefully. If that fool so much as squeezes the condiment onto his sandwich, why... <laughs> uh, well, the bottle won't matter so much anymore. Nor will the fool. The fool's entire family going back eight generations. But I, I say too much. I say far, far too much. That's why the fridge was stolen in the first place. I talked. It would have been easier to simply... No, no, it wouldn't have. If I had remained silent, Carly would have fallen victim to the thing at my housewarming party. But... But I should have lied, and only lied. That was the problem. That was my fault. The expiration date should have been explanation enough. Then the conversation would have gone something like, Oh, don't use that mustard. It's quite out of date. Why would you have such an old bottle of mustard in your fridge? You should throw it out. All right, I will. Then the bottle would be in the trash can, the clock would have been hurried by a day or two, and I would feel embarrassed and gross having to fish it out of a mixture of banana peels and styrofoam. Horrible, yes, but still a hundred times better than never inviting people to my home, or, <laughs> or God forbid, allow the present situation to happen. Someone, someone has the bottle, and they purposefully went to look for the bottle. Problem is, of course, that I can't exactly do anything about it. The police would take months to even pick their feet off the ground, and might compromise the bottle in the process. And anyone else, well, 
we can't be having that either. So it's me and only me. I am the only person I can trust, which isn't that much different from any other day. It's just that they have the bottle. Do they understand what it is? Do they understand the price it claims? I always tried to elaborate, but they must have understood the first part of the story, not the second. They must have... And there's the emissary. Come to claim my life at the door. There's the answer. They were as stupid as I thought. <sighs> there wasn't much point in doing anything other than answering the stranger. Of course, my muscles and mind tensed at the prospect, but there was enough will in my soul to put them through the torture anyways. This is going to be like ripping a bandit off. The pain was going to happen at some point, and it was going to be better if I walked into it knowing what was going to happen. My hand froze on the doorknob. I brushed the curtains back by the door and looked outside. It was nothing more than a singular brown box. It was dented in two of its corners. It wasn't the emissary. The emissary was much too large for so small a package. Problem was, of course, that I hadn't ordered anything. I went back to my desk and picked up the letter opener I had stacked on a pile of receipts, and then opened the door to outside without any qualms. With one deft motion, I slit the packaging tape. Carefully, gingerly, I opened the box to find... the bottle of mustard. Or, hey, a bottle of mustard. It looked the same, certainly. It even had that little chocolate stain that I never cleaned up in the lower left corner. I grasped it in my hand. It felt like the bottle, but then again, it was a generic brand, easily mistakable for one bought at the supermarket. There wasn't really anything I could do to check, besides open it, of course, and that was out of the question. I looked back into the package and then saw a tiny piece of yellow-tinted paper cradled beneath a thin layer of packing peanuts. A note. I unfolded it. Yes, a note with words and mustard stains. Don't go looking for me. I've got the fridge. It's mine. I'm not telling you more than that. That being said, I sent you back the mustard bottle because I know you're absolutely mental about the thing. Like, seriously, I don't want to give you a heart attack. The fridge is mine. Stolen in good faith. Your sister gave me permission. But if you're going to freak out about the bottle, it's just going to be yours, okay? No evil spirits live in it. Obviously. But we told you that a hundred thousand times. Your obsession with it is destroying your life, your relationships, and everything else. It's just a bottle of mustard. It's a thin plastic container filled with condiment used on sandwiches. Mustard comes from grinding up tiny little seeds from a tiny little tree. Plastic is made of oil. At no point in either of these things are demons summoned or liches bound to vengeance in the afterlife. There simply is... nothing. If you had been answering your calls, you would have understood why your sister said yes to this, okay? So don't blame me for it. But you don't and won't know who I am, anyways. 
I stood at the note aghast. The whole thing was a feint, obviously. The person, who was obviously Teddy, meant to make me feel complacent. It was possible that my sister was cashing in her debt to get her old roommate a new fridge. True. That made sense. But the mustard bottle... It wasn't fake. It wasn't. I'd seen what it did, and I knew what it was capable of. There was no way that anyone who held it in their hand would treat it so callously. And yet, even as those thoughts formed themselves in my head, I was holding the bottle. Me. It really was just a mustard bottle. And yet... And yet those memories were carved into my head like hieroglyphics in stone. It was in there. It. The thing that I held in my hand was an instrument of unspeakable evil. Unspeakable. Or maybe... It had been years. Lots and lots of years. I hadn't changed as much as I wanted to. I still had that paunch on my belly, still had the same job, the same house. Each day had started to blend into the next. I needed to change, and something needed to be the catalyst. What better catalyst could there be than the fabricated demon that I'd held onto for decades? I opened the mustard bottle. It was empty. It didn't feel empty in my hand. It felt full. But when I looked, temptation ran through my hand. I could turn the bottle upside down, squeeze it out, and then... And then I'd been right the whole time. I frantically clapped the bottle cap back down, hoping against hope that I'd moved fast enough to make a difference. Nothing. Not a sound. A car drove by on the road. A light wind whisked through the trees in the garden. Some sounds. Sounds that didn't count in freaking me out. The bottle had been empty. It didn't feel empty. That could mean... It could mean that the material it was made of was just different. Or it could mean that the dead cricket that had been turned upon its back, just lying by the door... It could mean that its legs were moving. It could mean that I was too late. There was a sudden feeling of heat in my lungs. I coughed to kick it out. I coughed some more. Tiny black spots flew about my vision like flies. I kept coughing. The cricket in the corner was squirming around like there was no tomorrow. A strange phrase, since for that cricket there, there had been a yesterday. I kept coughing. I braced myself against the wall. The heat was spreading. Sharp, sticky, burning. And then gone. The cricket had flipped itself off of its back and was now walking around. I watched it apprehensively. Thankfully, its behavior seemed about as normal crickety as could be. It crawled into the crack in the door and was lost from my sight. Had the cricket ever been dead? Yes, it certainly had been. That was all that was left, after a decade or so of imprisonment and reduction. Enough magic to bring one tiny insect to life. I had been right, and I had been wrong. And that meant... 
and that meant the cricket was sure to escape and spread mischief. Hopefully not around me. And it also meant that I was going to need to buy a new bottle of mustard just to keep up the appearances. <laughs>